What's up, guys? This is Adele from AO13 Architectural Systems, and welcome to The Project Show. The show that features the building industry's top experts and their latest projects. If you're in the building space and you want to learn something, then tune in to hashtag your projects. What's up, guys? This is Adele from AL13. We got Keith Borg on the 10th episode of Hashtag Your Projects. We're blessed today to have Sonny Goyle from Convoy Supply and Payam from uh, Suprema. Get a little closer. Uh, today, we're just going to talk to them and get to know a little bit more about the building science uh, aspect of things and, you know, um, where they come from and what Convoy's uh, done to keep up with the times. Um, so, Sonny, I want to kind of start with you here. How long have you been with Convoy? It'll be, it's a little over five years now. Five years. Um, February was five years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. This February was five years? This February was five years, yeah. Awesome. Great five years. Have you been in the, have you been in the uh, exterior siding? So I've, I've been in the construction industry for the past 15 years approximately. Wow. Um, I want to say probably the, not, the last nine and a half years of that was with the exterior wall side of the business. Okay. Um, also did a lot of... Um, spent a lot of time on the roofing side of the business, commercial and residential, and also a bit of time on the general contracting, especially product side of things, um, tilt up construction, that kind of thing. So, so with that being said, <coughs> excuse me, you must have seen a serious change in the last decade of building envelope and building science and how we've done things. Yeah, uh, going back, to, if you go back 10 years ago, yeah. building envelope was, nobody knew what the hell that meant. Right. Uh, it was, hey, I'm a siding contractor, this is what I do. It's final siding, maybe a little bit of hardy, maybe some other traditional materials. You know, and it was a, a brick guy was a brick guy, um, a commercial clatter was a commercial clatter, but they were all separate and they were doing, all doing their own thing. And every project was was very, I want to say, uh, uh, I don't want to say primitive, but they were very simple designs. Okay. Uh, today, you know, with the energy efficiency standards, with everything that's gone on, with uh, uh, complexity and the technical expertise needed. Building envelope now is is fits what the industry is doing or where the industry is going. Building envelope is is if you think of an envelope, you know, it's an envelope covers and and contains something. Right. right. Usually so, a check, I hope. Exactly. Because <laughs> I don't want to see the bills. So a building envelope <laughs> is similar. It's uh it contains the building. It's right. basically everything that you think of on the outside. Now it contains your asset. That's right. Exactly. Right. So now if you if you think of building envelope as it evolves throughout time over the last 10 years. You know, 10 years ago, building envelope was a very, very, very abstract concept. Yeah, Five years really ago, when yeah. you when you talk building envelope, most people thought of that as, hey, that's walls. Yeah. Nowadays, when you talk building envelope, that's basically everything on the envelope of the building. So that's roofs, walls, foundations, uh, slabs, slabs, even on, uh, slabs. Yeah. and how all of those things connect and intersect with each other, and they and, and they've all got to work together. So today, it's a lot more important. Um, and in the future, I think that's going to evolve even more and get a lot more complex, too. Totally. Yeah, and I, I like how you uh, you mentioned the connection between you know your roofs uh, to your walls, to your foundation. And I think that's really where we've seen a lot of change and how how uh, you know engineers are looking at things and, and where where energy is, is lost. And, um, it's interesting to see see the direction and how it's how it's going. Yeah. So, Payam, how about yourself? How long have you been in the construction industry? So I'm fairly new. I've been with Suprema three and a half years. I've been in the industry for basically three and a half years or so. I mean, you know, uh, 
but I've exponentially grown, I think. I like to say taking courses and extra things to kind of speed up the process. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, I don't have as much experience as others in the group, but... Don't worry, I've been only around for four years. Okay. I didn't even know what a two by four was before. <laughs> but you're good. Still you're, does. I still it don't. Was, I it was don't hard know. to tell them what a two by four was. But no, honestly, I, I like to say that because once we talk and you see, and I, I like people to see how much I've grown in that three years. For sure. So, you know, like, hey, I am the newest guy, but look, I know X, Y, and Z, you know. And so, so with 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 your career set with Suprema, um, have you seen a lot of changes happening in the last three and a half years in the industry? Yeah, a lot of energy. So energy. everything to do with energy, you know, consuming energy and, you know, how much efficiencies and things of that nature. So with the step codes coming into BC, where, you know, uh, in the next few years, we have to meet a certain energy efficiency code. That's changing the game here. Absolutely. Is, uh, and if you can elaborate more on the on what the step code is, uh, sure. if, if you know what that is, can you explain that step code? Yeah. To us? So basically, as the name indicates, there's a few steps that the city uh, and the province is kind of you know trying to get contractors and you know building designers to go by. So each step becomes more energy efficient. The building, where the last step is. 0.6 air changes, but we're getting into specific. But basically, the last, okay, we can do that. Okay. Yeah, the, last, the last step is a passive house standard. Okay. And passive houses are very, very, very energy efficient. And are yeah. these steps by date? Are these yes. date, uh, step date? Yes. Okay, so it's a date, it's, it's, a, it's a timeline exactly. of when they want to. So what is the date range that we're looking at? So, uh, Sorry, I still don't get date ranges. Uh, from what I'm understanding is it's a step code, so it starts here this year and by 2025 i'm not sure 2032 so by 2032 there you go so, we have to be here in yeah. the code so it's giving so, everybody an opportunity yeah. to get there the yeah. national building code mandate and the bc building code mandates that you know we have to get to because they recognize that um, the biggest energy abusers and the biggest um, greenhouse gas emitters in, in our in our uh, in the world are buildings that's you know we can electrify really? cars and all that stuff hmm. but buildings wow. are the biggest 80 percent uh, the biggest hear, vampires hear yeah that in the news do but, but sorry to cut you off yeah. but it's not just the use of like heating this building it's making the product so the concrete you okay. know, the embodied energy so it's not just the building is here and let's figure out how much our bc hydro bill is right that's right. a small component but it's shipping the products making the products right. shipping it here hmm. so that whole Life cycle right. is almost 80%, I've been told. Wow. So we could like not drive a car tomorrow, wouldn't make that big of an end. Compared right? to going step yeah. five in the future. It'll help, but yeah. it won't be as significant as maybe improving the design of our buildings. Now, uh, so going back nationally and BC building code, we have a mandate to try and get to, because Canada is recognized, and so it has BC, that we need to improve the building. So they've yeah. set a target. 2032 for net zero to try and get to net zero. Now you can't turn the switch overnight and get everybody converted. There's a lot of steps to get there. Right. And, and BC sort of said, well, you know what? Let's let's try and ramp everybody up to that point. But we'll do it in a progressive format. So there's a five step. The step code is a five step um, Pro step process right. to get there. So step one will get you to a certain point, and then step two, we want to move the industry along. You gotta, you gotta help them get there. And well, financially too, it's hard to go from, ze from here to zero. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, what most do people you, be like? Hands up, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you see financially? Are you seeing, are you seeing manufacturers and different types of businesses uh, start to maybe I want to use the word commoditize, but start to get it to the more cost-effective way? Is that 
the part of the five-step process? It's more efficient. I mean, right. the, the, the cost, to be honest with you, will probably go higher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's because, why it's in the state. Yeah, I won't name names, but right now, a building paper of sorts will get you air tightness. It's mostly about how airtight your building is, the step okay. code, air tightness, and how much insulation you have. So that's the gist of the full step code, if you can imagine. Right. So, so air tightness, when it comes to air tightness, is standard building uh, paper of sorts. You're going to staple it, you're going to tape all the seams, mm -hmm. but then air can get in through it. Right now with the current step, which is, you know, I think it's four or three air changes now, whatever it may be, I don't know the exact, you can pass. But moving forward to that last step, which is 0.6 air changes, you're not going to get it with you know staples and taping because you're heavily relying on the application. Exactly. Okay, so, so then you have to move into a peel and stick product, like a self-adhesive right. barrier, vapor barrier. And obviously that costs more than just staples and taping a and for what now, product is that in Screamer that, that so would go to two the... products? Um, uh, Super Seal Stick 1100D, okay, the air and vapor barrier, okay. And Super Seal Stick VP is a vapor open air barrier, depending on what type of construction you're doing, where the insulation lies. Is it in, in so, which one, yeah, help me out here. Uh, give me an example of 1100T for the perfect application, okay? Exterior insulation. So, let's say you have a high rise. You know, um, you have your uh, steel stud, you got exterior um, gypsum or whatever it may be. You put an air and vapor barrier and all the insulation is outward. Right, so that's, that's 1100T. That's so more commercially T. based. Sure. Is that fair to say? Well, it's sure. also, it's also based on, yeah. on climate too, right? Am I correct by saying that? It's not just in warmer climates? No, I wouldn't say That would be the opposite. No. no? So okay. um, it would change in Texas, um, not the opposite, but I mean, they would have a slightly different design in Texas, for example, because then the vapor drive would, it all depends on where your vapor drive is. In our climate, the vapor drive, want, the, the vapor wants to come into the building because the building's warm. Got right? you, got you. Uh, opposite in, in Texas. In Texas, it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's hot outside, right. cool inside. The vapor drive wants, tends to go out. Makes sense. So it's, it's a different design. Um, it's slightly reversed, but not completely, right? right? So, yeah, but going back to that exterior insulation, um, RDH, one of the guys, he, they, they coined the phase, it's called the perfect ball. Okay. Because it'll work in any climate. Huh, it'll really? work in our climate, it'll work in Texas. Can you elaborate on that a little yeah, bit? Please. Yeah, basically any exterior insulation, because you have continuous insulation, you're not getting thermal bridging. That's a key factor for energy loss. Your air and vapor barrier are on the exterior sheathing, so there isn't as many penetrations, so you're getting continuous air. Hmm. This is compared to, I'll put it in text, uh, it's a comparison to, um, let's say you have a, you know, inside the cavities you're going to insulate. So if you had insulation in your, you know, uh, stud cavity, you put, if you're looking from the inside out, you put an air or vapor barrier, typically it's a poly. Before they, the drywall. Before the drywall. The so it'd be drywall, poly, uh, drywall, poly, and then sometimes they would tape the poly because poly is a vapor barrier. Right. Yeah. Once you tape all the seams, it becomes an air barrier as well. Yeah, we'd always do that. However, and then we'd black cock the bottom to make sure, sure. It, was, it was it was sealed how, on the inside yeah. though. Hmm. However, that's not very efficient. Think about how many things are going to penetrate through. Yeah, that. All your plugs, all so many. So like as an light outlets, light outlets, and think about when the homeowner finally does move inside to so put a bunch of pictures up or anything oh, else yeah, on the wall. Totally. So poly is great for vapor, yeah. not so great for air. Because of you're relying a lot on applicate. What Suprema is doing, 
um, you know, mostly with our roofing, but we're bringing it down to walls and foundations, is trying to rely less on the applicator. Which is smart. That's Basically great. dummy proofing it, you yeah. know, for yeah. lack of a better term. We're going to give you the product. You're not relying as much on, oh, is this guy on his phone? Did he uh, fight with his girlfriend? He's not paying attention, whatever. <laughs> it's less on that. Right. So, you know, going back to our example, you have your poly, and then typically they would put some sort of insulation in the cavity, uh, yes. cellulose or bat or whatever yeah. it may be, and then they have their exterior sheathing, mm -hmm. and then they would put an air barrier at that point. Yeah. Vapor open, because you already have a vapor barrier, which is your poly. Right. You don't want two vapor barriers. Yeah, because right? Because then if there's, if there's moisture in the cavity, yeah, it doesn't have... Uh, an escape route. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. in this situation, it's allowed to escape through the air barrier. Right, right. So, so that would be like paper they would use, a 30-minute paper. Or, or, or in our case, it would be a Sopper Seal VP, which is a vapor open product. Okay, okay. Yeah, so let's get so to that. I don't think the building paper, uh, I've been told, it's not used. No, not anymore. So, no, you know, it's organic. back when I was in the yeah, So back in the day, there, there was felt. There was <laughs> um, yourself. Yeah, asphalt impregnated felt, right? Which is typically what guys use in yeah. the double layer. Yeah, in the double layer. Then came the synthetics, which... You know, like we all know the names. I'm not gonna mention, if, but we all know the synthetics that you yep. put up building yep. wraps, what they call them, yeah. or they call it WRBs. Whether yeah, and if you guys right? don't know, send us a message. We'll privately tell you what we're talking about. So you know, those get typically, like he said, you know, mechanically fastened staples, whatnot. Now this is supposed to be an air barrier, and the problem with those is you're mechanically yeah. fastening it, and you're gonna put a thousand staples through this thing on a building. Yeah. How efficient is that? And I don't. You know, as as great as they are, every single one of those penetrations, those table penetrations, is now a, a penetration point for air infiltration. And what right. about this scenario? You always see these, you know, with those type of uh, wraps where, you know, it's a windy day and all of a sudden this this stuff is all ripped apart. Sure, <laughs> you know, on a one-story building, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Oh, you gosh. go up three stories, the wind hits it. Oh, you know, if yeah. they don't put the cladding on right away, no. it's cold. And that never happens because it's usually a different guy. And, and there's a limit of how high you can go with those. Uh, at, at a certain point, I don't know the exact height, but after that, you have to go with a peel instead. Plus, right. the, here's the other issue. high-rise, 30 stories worth just... No. This no. is supposed to be an air barrier, and I'm not sure, I don't know, you guys, some of you guys have been out to sites. I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen somebody tape the seams on... Ripped paper. On, yeah. pa on no. paper in general, yeah. even the seams at all. Oh, no, they don't do that. Yeah. No, zero percent. Unless there's a consultant involved and he's saying, I need those yeah. done. Yeah, so, and Alcacos is good at that too. I've, I've had that a couple times. So with peel and stick, you don't have the staples. Your your seams are taped already. Well, and your penetrations seal up. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So sealability. And test. I learned that from you last week. Going back to what Payam said is, uh, you know, we're trying to create... A, I don't want to say that you proof. We're trying to create a foolproof <laughs> product. Yeah. We're trying to create a foolproof product. I mean, we got good contractors out there. We want to make sure that they can get consistent product to their customer. Because if they can get, we build a consistent product. They put it up. They can now. I mean, every the performance is consistent across the board, depending on whether it's building A or B or C. We can kind of, we can, we can almost guarantee consistent performance now. Which is amazing. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing. So, so uh, let's go back to the steps. Because we, we, we kind of sidetracked a bit. Sure. Explain the steps and, and where and you talked about you talked about uh, air exchange. Um, let's let's talk about that a bit. Sure. So, so like I said, basically the two things that I've kind of taken from it is how much air escapes the building yeah. and how insulated you are. Yeah. So when air is escaping the building, if you have a hole here, air is escaping with the different pressure changes from the inside to the outside, then warm air is leaving. Which turns so, other first thing you're having to 
pump more warm air. Right. So price goes up. Electricity, you have to have bigger HVAC systems. Yes. Right? And those are very, very pricey. Of course. So that's one. And then you're introducing moisture. So warm air holds moisture, right? Okay. Um, so what happens is if air is going through here, then you're going to have moisture issues within your, um, your cavities, your walls, whatever it may be. So it's a two-prone um, strategy of let's keep it as airtight as possible. A, we reduce the amount of um, heating and what have you, and then B, we reduce the amount of issues that might arise. <laughs> From you a long-term perspective, when you have air infiltration and it brings in that moist, warm air, you know, in a con typical construction, if you have bad insulation, that typically will bring down the R value of that insulation over time if you introduce contaminants into that insulation. Hmm. And that, you know, where your performance of your building might be over here one day, at, at day one, the performance of the building could be here 20 years down the road. And, you know, part of this whole initiative of trying to make our buildings better is we, you know, as you said earlier, we want, to, we want these buildings to last. We want less product going to landfill. We want, instead of making it 20 years, we want to be these buildings perform 80 years Absolutely. or 100 years, and, and in that way, you know, we reduce the amount of product going to the to landfill, to recycling, all the other things. Now, so, go ahead. Uh, this is one one question bit on that. You know, um, I come from a, a generation of, of building houses where we always feel that the houses need to breathe. Um, we're getting to where houses shouldn't breathe, uh, and they're, the they're airtight. Point six air changes an hour is like so so. I, I like because I know there's a lot of people out there thinking, well, why are we air, why are we making these buildings airtight where they're not able to breathe and allow uh, yeah, allow moisture out, um, and your air changes are less. So there's going to be less air changes when it's net zero. Correct. Yeah. It'll be 0.6 air so, changes. So you don't need. So by going to net zero, we're not having to have more uh, a larger air exchange unit no. in the houses. Smaller units. Smaller units. That wow. means, which means smaller so that was, electrical that was bills. No, now, no, less. If you look at, you don't need as much electricity you are, to heat up the. Right? Yeah, your your heating and, and ventilation system is sorry. Your heating and your um, cool. your cooling systems are going to be smaller because right. they don't. They don't there's not a lot of energy. Yeah, they yeah. Don't, there's not a lot of energy escaping now, but. You know, we do recognize, I mean, they do recognize that ventilation and fresh air is important. Right. So a lot of these buildings now come with fresh air uh, intakes and, 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 you know, it's part of the ventilation system. Yeah. You're not introducing moist air, you, right? Because exactly. it takes the air and cleans the air, takes the moisture out of it, recycles So new mechanical it. systems, and we're not in that business, so no, we're not take what we say with a grain of salt, but um, mechanical systems are now designed to be able to provide fresh air, but also, you know, clean fresh air. And also reduce the load in the system. But you're only exchanging at 0.6. Yeah, but there's another thing. It it's, it's very not, tight. It's, it's coming through the mechanical system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not coming through your walls. No, no, I know. Right? So, so, so it's more efficient coming through. So this is assuming everything is like if you open a door, obviously you're gonna. Yeah. But this yeah. is assuming everything is closed. A lot of the newer um, passive houses, what they do is they have a fan, and you one of the washrooms or whatever. Okay. It's on 24/7. Just yeah, like a high rise, when you go to a bathroom in a high rise, yes, yeah. there's always Actually, a fan. I have that in my house too. Yeah. It's not a, I don't have a passive house, but in my basement suite, I've got these two little round pucks in the ceiling that actually continuously feed fresh air throughout. And I've got one in my bathroom upstairs too. But they're on twenty. They're, they're so very do you know the air exchange you're doing right now? Have you ever tried to calculate that? I It'd don't. be very difficult. It'd be interesting. It'd be difficult. You have to oh, do right. lower door tests. What happens? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, put yeah. a big fan by your door and like, you know, engineers and sensors. And yeah. sensors. Yeah. Now, I have, to do I that. have thought yeah, about really? that. Yeah. 
I have thought about that because BC Hydro will yeah have, they will. will send somebody out yeah. to do on an existing structure. They will do an energy They're energy assessment. efficient yeah so they'll do yeah. you know an well, assessment. Uh, I don't no, know. it's like three hundred bucks. It's cheap. It's it's not yeah. much, but you know they'll go. They'll, they'll they'll I think they'll do a lower door test, but they'll also check. You know, hey, where you are you leaking? Energy efficient lighting, yeah. LEDs, all those kind of things. And they'll tell you where you can improve. And, you know, that what cost cool. is going to be to improve the step A, the step B. Just, I've thought about doing it actually, and I kind of did something similar on my own. Where I replaced all the lighting in my house with the LED. Actually, it was a fifteen or twenty percent drop in my no energy cost. That's it's yeah. huge. That's no, I mean, that's simple, simple thing, yeah, right? But yeah. I mean, you, if you tighten up the building, that could come down a whole lot lower. Yeah. Right. So you guys know how the whole building envelope industry started? Nah, that's a good one. Well, tell us. Great. It's, no, it's, please it's, tell us. You'd be surprised. <laughs> and I was very surprised. So the HVAC guys, yeah. the HVAC engineers, they needed to know what size of units to put in buildings and how yeah. to adjust for the air. Yeah. Because they didn't know how much was escaping. Right. So that's how it all started. Wow. Of we got to figure out how much is escaping, how much air are we losing, so we can accommodate that into it our makes system. Makes total sense. And now it's yeah. actually okay. We actually need to make it airtight. <laughs> so they worked together. Like it all started from that's HVAC. Insane. I had they no did idea. that. They just didn't know what to put in there. It's it? amazing. Isn't how it? much wow. is escaping? Yeah. That's wow. how it all kind of you know came about. Wow. Now you're a building envelope engineer like certified as a yeah. consultant it's it's a branch of engineering Amazing. you're a mechanical engineer you're an electrical engineer and now you're a building envelope engineer and it's so great to have building envelope engineers uh, you know in bc we, we see them a lot and, and you know i'm out in north america and in, in the u.s as well and it's it doesn't happen a lot everywhere believe else. me it's, we don't have any like it's, it's so like it comes from here the pacific northwest and starting it's to get degree, yeah. like I, to to the east but it's taking a while like we're very lucky to be in this we market because totally. bc i would say is at the forefront actually in, in no, the mainland specifically yeah. is at the forefront of of that initiative yeah. i mean we were so far ahead of the curve that everybody else started North America now, so far ahead. Now I will say Seattle, Portland. Seattle, yeah. Seattle's actually doing some very cool things, and oh, yeah. so, so does Portland. And they've actually come up to our level, if not, you know, superseded us in some. Well, yeah. the same climate, right? Yeah. I met an architect in uh, LA, and uh, we we're looking at doing some schools down there, and um, and he couldn't talk enough about how amazing Vancouver is as mm. far as as far as the building envelope and what we're doing to help them understand you know what we had to go through you know with a leaky condo scenario yeah. i mean that thing that whole leaky condo was that's how the whole building yeah, envelope engineering in bc became yeah, yeah. so what's so what convoy and suprema collectively doing or actively doing uh to keep up with you know the changes and then the envelope engineers is there yeah so as far as suprema is concerned we're working with uh, you know, different research groups. So uh, BCIT, for example, the Murray Fraser Center. Uh, there's a few different avenues who are working in conjunction with others, providing uh, product systems, things like that, for them to do the testing, do the research. We do a lot of research with uh, engineering firms. I won't name who, but yeah. you know, they yeah. want to take on an assembly and say, hey, you know, we think this might work. Sure, let's work together. So you're gaining knowledge from the professionals. As and well as we have our own R&D center in Drummondville, Quebec, which is a... I've um, been there. You have? Okay, yeah, great. it's a great facility. Yeah, so it's a full-on R&D where they're coming up yeah. with different ways of doing things. Like, you know, uh, that's basically it. I mean, right. we're just... The Supreme, honestly, people like it because it's 
We're trying to be the leaders in things. So I'll give you an example for roofing. Um, a new uh, kind of a code came into effect, which was uh, wind uplift. So basically the gist of it was, uh, we need to figure out how this roof is installed so the wind doesn't take it and pop it off. Is that a problem? Was that something problematic in the industry? Not so much here, but like Florida and things like that. Say like there's been issues. Yeah, I've prairies, seen a couple right? on Facebook where, or no, on LinkedIn there was yeah, one where the whole roof, yeah. I think yeah. maybe you put it posted and the whole roof just came off. Yeah, so right off. Wow. it was in the national building code, right? Yeah. It's national so people don't, you know, especially in BC, like we have our own code. So it was in the national code, um, which said, any uh, roofing that goes on a building should be tested. You know, test it and see how much wind it can Agreed. take. Agreed. You know, can it take a little bit? Could it take like hurricane? So Suprema, we said, okay, let's take this. Let's figure this out. And we tested 70, 80 different assemblies, different ways, you know, this membrane, this installation. And nobody was doing it at that time. Different right? applications. Different, and each testing is it's a third party testing. It's costing thousands of dollars. Of course. And we said, you know what, let's take on this. Yeah. So we did that. I did lunch and learns on it. As you know, everybody did it throughout Canada. Of, hey guys, this is pretty important stuff. It's coming. It's in the national building code. It's going to come to BC building code. None of our competitors really seem to care about that. Right. Was, at that point, it was a research, testing, a lot of R&D involved. But I'm happy to say right now it's in the BC, uh, it's in the coast, uh, RCBC, which is the local roofing yeah. association. Yeah. You have to have a tested assembly wow. in order to qualify for the warranty. As a manufacturer. As, as a manufacturer um, or as an architect, if you choose a roof, it has to be tested. You have to do the calculations, make sure this roof meets this building's needs. Oh, wow. So job specific. Job specific. Wow. So you, you calculate okay. the height of the building, the um, where it is, orientation, yeah. where is it? Is it Langley? Is it downtown? Like yeah, by the water? Yeah. That sort of thing. So where can, where can uh, our guests or whoever is really wants to understand it? And I'm very green in this aspect. Sure. This is amazing for me. But where could guys and girls like us go to... Uh, to find information about, like I know BC Beck, I know you, you're there almost almost every BC Beck, I believe. And this so is more of a roofing you know. application, right. so, um, you know, the easiest thing is I would do a lunch and learn for you guys. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. But uh, RCABC has some resources on their website, it'll yeah. go through um, RCI. They changed their name, it's a four-letter acronym now, IBBC or something, but RCI is Roof Consultants Institute, yep. they have some information. Um, basically, what I do is I go into a firm, you know, we go through the steps, let's figure out a building, and you know, okay, it's a high-rise, it's here, it's there, then we go through the steps of calculating the wind uplift, and then we go to uh, RCABC website, for example, you can see all the different manufacturers and the tested assemblies they have. So like a listing? Listing, like, uh, yeah. this meets this amount of wind uplift, whereas this one means twice as much. This one means, you know, a third of that. So us, as Suprema, we have probably three or four times our next manufacturer as far as tested assemblies. Wow. So going back to what you were saying, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah. now we're doing the same thing with walls. We're doing <laughs> full-on wall assemblies. Because right now, if you go to any uh, high-rise or something like that, uh, you do but you know, R-value testing to see how much R-value of insulation. So you put like, you know, R30 insulation, but you're actually getting R4 because they're not doing it correctly. Wow. So we're doing testing on full assemblies now. 
So we're not saying use our peeling stick anymore. Yeah. 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 We're saying use our peeling stick in conjunction with this membrane in conjunction as with an this. assembly, as a full assembly, and then we test and, those and, like and our fire it's, assembly, it's but, yeah, but yeah. it's energy code, yeah. energy and efficiency, yeah. Yeah. and install to these specifications because that's right. the big part. Yeah, that is the big part. So, so on the sorry to interrupt you on the wall side where. Do you see do you see glass affecting the R values on these high rises curtain window walls? What are you seeing in the marketplace right now? I mean, I've heard some things that are not concrete, so I won't speak on behalf of what I know. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you know on this. On yeah, the how side. the step code's gonna? How's that gonna change? The high rise, the high rise. rise yeah. So right now the step code is mostly for residential, yeah, single family. So it hasn't reached that high rise level yet. So it's not in the building code for high rise. Yeah. No, not it's yet. Coming. It's, it's coming, coming yeah. but at first it's in residential yeah. application because yeah. high rises doing testing like big testing like that. I mean Europe they're doing it. They have passive house high rises. Wow. Which is like amazing. Yeah. Um, but right now the step code is more for uh, single family dwellings. What do you? Th where do you think it's gonna go for it? Do you have a? I mean, I said like eventually. What, it, what is your? What is your? Uh, I would say perception? eventually it's gonna go to the high rises. Yeah, as well. and so, so you'll see less glass. Yeah, uh, there's a ratio. There is like uh, I'm not an engineer, so I can't speak yeah. on it. But there is a ratio. So if you use more glass here, you have to insulate more over there because of sun and all. Yeah, that there is. Yeah. A, so right now there is energy consultants now. It's, yeah. it's sprung up. It's a whole new industry. Yeah, Absolutely. energy consultants. Yeah. They come in. They'll sit with you. They'll do energy modeling. They'll do the blower door testing. Because wow. the testing is you want to do it in phases. You don't want to finish the building, do and a test, and figure out and you fail. Yeah, replace yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, getting those guys involved at the beginning of the They want to make sure the design is right from yeah. the start. Exactly. So, so there is ratios. Sorry, go ahead. But what, what I will say is, and this is my viewpoint, what we're going to see, I mean, in our market, when you talk high rises and you talk a lot of these, um, you know, multifamily residential, there is a lot of glass. There's, There's a lot of yeah, glass. Yeah. And glass isn't the best. No. Yeah, it'll suck the energy out of the building. Now, what we are going to see is, and you know, he mentioned that there's a compensation factor you can work out somewhere in the building. But we are going to see over time, yeah. our design, the designs of our buildings are going to change. Yep. Yeah, that's no doubt about it. We're going to start to see less glass, but you know, they're going to do it in a creative way where we're still going to have very modern looking, beautiful buildings. It'll be more Just, spandrel, right? Yeah, it's so less it's glass, look like glass, more. But it, won't, it won't be seen. You know, it'll yeah. be new designs. Think, you know, we're starting to see some of it too. There's a project called, um, and I think the name is Camera, where they've got these. They look, they're, they're smaller windows. They're not as big as other projects, but they built the. They're sort of inset, and they've sort of. There's camera a, with a K. With a C, I think. C A M E R A. I think. NBC? NBC. I think it's in Vancouver somewhere. Lucian, you want to check out camera NBC uh, images? I can't remember who the builder is. Anyways, it's uh, they've got these these windows are inset, but they, they've, they've got this thing built. They've got this sort of window fairing sort of built out. So it's all really wide. And, yeah, but it looks really cool. And it looks like huge windows, but they're not. And uh, I think those look similar to what you're going to start to see. That makes sense. So it looks like a big opening, but it's actually a wall and then comes back to the actual opening, yeah. which is, if, if I'm understanding correctly, sort of like a triangle. Oh, it's like the Nissan yeah. building in Tokyo I went to. It, it almost looks like a, and the reason, I think the reason why they call it is if you think of a camera, like, like that camera there, yeah. The aperture, yeah, right? sort of. Yeah, you know, the the, the the hole where the light comes in is only this big, but you've got this this lens that comes out, so it's kind of similar. All the windows that's are kind of cool. like lenses. Very cool. Right? So that's so, always the fight between an engineer and an architect. And the design yeah. architect wants it to yeah. look nice. So this, a perfect building is. No, uh, no, not that's not it. Oh, so, yeah. Camera, camera, uh, tower, Vancouver. So a perfect building is a square, 
with no opening. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically... <laughs> Nobody a, wants to live in that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most energy efficient is yeah. square or rectangle. Right. No protrusions, no, you know, because no as soon angles. as you introduce... Yeah, angles are critical. As soon as you introduce a patio, you have to have a thermal bridging. That's that's yeah. an issue, right? So I've actually heard uh, there is a company I think out of Germany where they've designed a uh, decking system that is uh, thermally broken mm, for, I've heard of for high too, rises. Yeah. And then I also heard just recently window systems that are double layered yeah. with uh, insulate. Somehow they've Invisible created a higher R value than our traditional three pane even. Mm. Um, but it's like- I think it's a type of gas they use. And yeah, like, yeah, but it's, it's wide. So there's a big gap in the middle there to stop that, uh, stop mm. that transfer of heat. Yeah, or, or, or now, cold. You know, he, I mean, it's so, going to happen, right? Supreme Somebody's going to invent something that's going to go, yeah, all right, we're good. We can do high rise and all. To have windows now where it yeah. absorbs energy I actually, from the yeah. sun. I think a lot yeah, of those exactly, will come right? from Europe, like you were yeah. mentioned. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, Supreme well, Hopefully taking, not. Maybe somebody from BC. Hopefully. But, <laughs> but I think, I th you know, if you look at Europe, they're doing a lot of these types of yeah. things there already. This yeah. is, you know, Passive House came from Europe, came from Austria, right? Yeah. So this is, these are things that really, they, Austria, they got lots and lots of expertise over there. We'll learn from them. Let them be the, the yeah, front runners. Suprema is one of the neat things about Suprema. Suprema has taken a very, very leadership role in the industry trying to advance it in North America. Now, one thing to note, Suprema is also based out of France, France, okay. where they have been doing past in, in Europe, but they've, they've had decades and decades of, you know, almost a century mm -hmm. worth of experience and expertise that they've been dealing in that market. And Passive House has been around for 40, 50 years in Europe. Wow. They've been doing that there. It's hmm. it's normal for them. So, you know, when you talk about passive house towers and those kind of things, we're gonna get a lot of that. That expertise will slow will will be trickling out this way. And I think that's where we're gonna see a lot of those designs. I mean, the the only reason that Europe is ahead of North America is because of energy costs over there. It's so high. That's literally the only reason they're way ahead in doing high-rise wood frames and blah, blah, blah. It's because energy is just, here we've been kind of, you know, spoiled it's because it's been cheap. Yeah, it is But cheap. that's why the, you know, so there is an effect of, okay, energy is high, so let's build better buildings. Whereas, you know, here we're slowly getting there. Yeah. But it's, it's hard, it's, it's funny to see how the genesis of an idea of, okay, this is this, and then it goes to totally somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> and, completely. And I think we're gonna see a lot of it from the emerging markets too. Like, you know, you, you think about, um, you know, we all had a landline at home, right? Yeah. Every home I had a landline. But you know, I mean, that yeah. that was because that's this is where the technology developed. We had the means and the resources to put one in every home, and that's why you know the transition from a landline to somebody having a cell phone it took a long time. You look at emerging markets; they went from no phone to a cell phone right. to a smartphone in the space of like two to five years, yeah. right? So you think yeah. you know the same thing with an energy cost in Europe. They have the same issues in in Africa, in in Asia, in uh, in all these emerging markets, and they their adoption rate for a lot of these types of technologies is going to be a lot quicker than us here. So, yeah. we're, and the innovation that they're going to produce, we're going to see a lot of that coming here as well. So, I think That's I think awesome. we're going to see it from Europe. We're going to see a lot of that from the emerging markets. We're going to be the slow adopters. Yeah, I believe it. Um, before we wrap it up, how are we doing on time, Lucian? Pretty good. As long as you need, man. Awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about Convoy, for those who don't know about Convoy. So Convoy's been around, I want to say... Pull it up, Listen, pull it up. It's a little over 50 years, isn't it? 54. I should know this, so yeah, I yeah, apologize. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been over, it's been over, I think... 54 years, I think. 54. No, I think you're right, I think that... Yeah. It says that on the... 
Yeah. So I think originally we started in Prince George and we slowly grew the company um, across now where we're all across Canada except for the Maritimes and we're slowly expanding down into the U.S. as well. Since 1972. Is that right? Yeah. That's it. Wow. 40, 40 something years? 50. 46. 46 years? 74, man. I'm on my 52. Uh, 46 <laughs> years? Yeah. Okay, yeah, 46. 46. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. That's okay. That's, that's okay. You can see. You I mean, start in, in, in 72. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we started off as a roofing supplier. Then we added walls, we added foundations, and we added a whole bunch of things. And now I'm proud to say we are the premier, if not one of the, one of the premier uh, building envelope distribution houses in I, the country. I believe that. Uh, totally. And I would say, you know, probably in North America too. I think a lot of our competitors and other distributors, they've got product lines that they will focus in. You know, we've got competitors on the roofing side, we've got competitors on... Wall. Some wall stuff, yeah. uh, betters on the foundation side. But I think we're one of the few, if not the only, that can actually tie all of it. Now, when I go back to what I said earlier about the, the, the building envelope being your protective, it's your envelope for the building, protects what's inside. And you need those connections. I think we're the only ones that can really provide that full system full solution. building yeah. full solution. and full connection. Right. Now, you know, we built the expertise over time. We've um, we've been very proactive in going to the BC BECs and the RCIs and the CSEs and, and learning all about the new energy efficiency codes. And, and I'm sure Suprema helped out a lot too. Yeah. So yeah. we like to think that we don't sell product. We sell solutions. Our solutions. Expertise. So, yeah. yeah. And expertise. we're and we're very fortunate to be part of uh, yes, a part of Convoy and Scream out east. We saw through mm. you guys out east all the way to there's a job there that's the Pacific, Aut Pacific Autism Center. Yeah, and see um, you you look at that job. I mean we supplied everything everything from the <laughs> membrane out. We, the membrane, yeah. the insulation, the thermal clips, yep, the, the AL thirteen the AL thirteen, the roofing. Yeah. You know, there's so a lot that's eleven hundred T on there, right? So that's exterior insulated. So yeah, it's a steel is. stud wall, nothing in the cavity. Still studs, yeah. yeah. And then you have the 1100T, which is a peel and stick air and vapor barrier. Right. And then you have your uh, Russell insulation, I believe. Yeah, that it is. looks like so. Oh, that's your Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And if you if you look, you'll see some clips back. There, yeah, those are right. What, what those are supplied by us as well. Then the insulation yep. goes on. And then they put yeah. So I mean, we we, we that was a great be, job, and it looks fantastic. It does. It's actually one. If I'm not mistaken, it's one of the. It's uh, only, only autistic centers in yeah. Canada, yeah. Oh. which yeah. is very unique. Yeah. So uh, we want to be the one-stop shop for all of that. And the reason why is not so we can sell a product. I mean, that's a that's a bonus, obviously. That's part of. But me. if you can provide everything <laughs> within that wall assembly, and yeah. you have and you know how everything connects together, you're the expert. Yeah. Now your clients are calling you to say, "Hey, how do I handle this part?" Not we have the expertise to be able to take care of that. Right. And if and the nice thing about Convoy too is there's, there's specialists in every sector. Yeah. Right. You might have to call James Kelly. You might call Piam. You might call Sunny in the residential market, or commercial, or. You know, Scott Biggs for, yeah, the Scott roof for, for roofing, yeah. or David for the AL13, and you know we have all these great people that within yeah. our industry that we can you know we can grab onto. Every, everybody is is we're a team. You guys yeah. all have yeah. some very good. Knowledge but we're not we're not just a team on. within ourselves. We're a team with our you know we're a team with our customer, you with are. the builder, with the GC, the, the architects, with the manufacturer. Totally, we're all we're all working together to create that better building, and that's we're we're a team. To, we're all working together. We're not we're not just suppliers. Like you said, we're solution. solution providers, but we're members of the team. Right, yeah, you are. Yeah. Right, I love that. That's a great way to put it. And how about you, Pine? You know what? Like, Suprema, I feel like they're doing, like we said, a lot of, you know, R&D, getting in, you know, 
not just selling products like he says, we're really in the market, you know, yeah. different associations. I'm involved with four myself. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, uh, Blair, my manager, he's on this board, that. So we're kind of really involved in the association level, at the code level, you know, going to talk to BC Housing and things like that, seeing what the trends are. It's not just let's make this product and force it down people's throat. Yeah. It's honestly, you could have the greatest product. If people don't like using it, especially the guy that's putting it on the wall, they're not, they're gonna find a way to say, nope, I don't like this. So we take us a lot of cues from the installers. And yeah. we don't have time to go into specific, but some, like we ask them, what do you like about this? Yeah. Oh, I like it that it's this way. What don't you like? Oh, it's too heavy. Okay, we take that to our R&D. Well, can I, can I add something to that really quickly? The one thing I found that was phenomenal about the VP in particular was it's a, it's a one-man show. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because if you look at other peeling sticks, you're getting on that wall, right? You're grabbing that piece, that roll, and the roll is literally almost Five too big wide. for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. To start peeling and sticking, right? When you got the Suprema VP, it's it's literally this just perfect, perfect size. Show, right? So you can really? peel, stick, yeah, and you can just kind of work it. That's so it, great. it minimizes. People think, well, you know, more on the wall is better and faster. Well, no, it's not. You got to think right? about like, the even guy. Even something simple as like your arms reach. Yeah, that's perfect. They put that into consideration, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. How? How can we make it easier for the installer to put the product up? While maintaining. And, and while maintaining. And performance. Properly, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesah. awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank Sandy, you thank so you much, guys. Yeah. Appreciate you. Coming Pleasure, on buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lucy, appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Amazing. Thanks, episode, Lucy. episode 11, we got Paul Warwick, Performance Construction, joining us. Uh, please tune in. He's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks.